Welcome to Broadcast Media, the inside track, brought to you by Ancast. And here's your host, Ben Anker. Well, welcome back to the show, the last one of the series. We've got a, a special uh, edition this week. We've got um, a co-host from Japan. This is Tom Southerton. Hello, Tom. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? So, we're not here to interview me. We're here to interview Ben Anker. So, who is Ben Anker and what's going on with Ancast? All right. So, Ben, tell us where did you start off and what did it for you to get into the industry? Well, I really started my broadcast career in, in London in 2008. I'd spent many years before that sort of doing post-production, sort of editing videos, doing live events, that sort of thing. But it was never really broadcast transmission work at that sort of level. So I made uh, a, a real effort in getting the qualifications uh, and the contacts and the applications to really sort of step up and, and move into what I saw as real broadcast work. So it coincided with the uh, 2008 financial sort of crash. And after applying for loads and loads of jobs, I managed to secure one job in London. And it was the only interview I had in London. But I went down, sort of did the interview, just thought I, it was just so-so, you know, kind of didn't really have any high expectations of it. But then a couple of weeks later, they got in contact and offered me the job. I said, oh, why has it been a few weeks? They said, oh, the first person didn't want it. <laughs> so I know I was plan B at that point, but at least it was um, a job in a, a TV transmission company. And it was my first step on the sort of broadcast ladder and, and in London, whereas most of the jobs are anyway. So that's where I felt I, I really started in the broadcast media industry. So the visual gigs and stuff, at what point was it that you thought really that you don't want to go further down that creative route kind of thing? You wanted to get more into the broadcast. Was there like a moment for you that you just thought there was a sign or something? Yeah, I guess... Well, I was dealing with AV a lot, audio mm. and visual, you know, the sort of the, the live sort of feeds on the screens in, in events and sort of festivals and clubs and that sort of thing. Mm. And in, in the file based stuff in, in post production. So I was dealing with the assets, the content, but I did feel it wasn't the most social hours. So I was working, you know, late hours on the weekends, on Fridays and Saturdays, doing these sort of like club events, essentially. I mean, it was great, you know, it was very dynamic and vibrant in, in that sense. But um, yeah, I didn't really have uh, a social life out, outside of that on mm -hmm. the weekend. Uh, and for the other stuff during the week, the, the post-production stuff, I mean, it was good to an extent, but, you know, I was still a sort of bedroom editor, you know, I was producing good work, but I, it didn't feel like the professional setting that I really wanted to. And the the money, the money was okay. I mean, you know, I was managing fine, but, you know, I felt it was holding me back as well. So although the clients like the, you know, the value aspect of me having low, low costs, being a sort of home, home editing sort of outfit. Mm. But yeah, it was just to get away from the the antisocial hours, the the sort of disjointed nature of moving from, you know, night work on the weekends to day work to different clients every uh, couple of weeks. I wanted some uh, stability as well. So mm. there were a lot of reasons why 
I had to move on. And yeah, there's a few things calling. I started getting interested in the networking, the sort of broadcast network in terms of sort of computer sort of networks and all the broadcast feeds and video circuits and that sort of thing. So I, I was sort of getting switched onto another part of, of, of that world. Uh, and then I just followed it essentially, yeah. So even from the early days, you were already using like a really wide skill set and all kinds of different work that you, were, that you were involved in. And then getting into broadcast, then you're working on all these new skills again. So even from that, the early days, it's all a really broad set of skills. How have they evolved again, moving, you know, as you've been doing this for, for a while now? Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I did sort of class myself as a bit of a, a bit of an all-rounder. And so from, from those university days when I first started getting some client work, some paid client work, you know, I was doing the sort of studio-based post-production stuff and I was doing sort of live event productions and I had that real mix. And then once I wanted the stability and to change direction, I then had one particular job role because I was full-time employed in sort of TV transmission operations, essentially. So I had to turn up for my shift and make sure the TV channels were playing out correctly. And it was very much one, you know, one particular role that I had to sort of concentrate on. And it was fine for, you know, a couple of years. And I learned some new skills as I moved through the different companies. The same sort of role, so it's still uh, TV transmission operations but then I moved into live sports started learning like that's where I really learned about sort of the, the inner workings of broadcast and then since then I've sort of come back to where I was so I'm now a sort of an all-rounder again <laughs> so since going solo sort of what six or seven years ago being a consultant and a contractor and a facilitator you need those all-round skills. The clients I work with, they like to see that on your CV, that they have confidence that you've been to all these different places, you've got all these different skills that you can then bring to their project or program of work. So kind of come right full circle again, basically. And as you've kind of moved between roles and you know the, the projects you've been working on, what sort of balance and mix of introductions and connections are just straight up job applications have you have you done it is it been a real mix of both or is particular types of companies do it one way uh what have you found in your experience i think it's a uh a sort of a repeat of what i just explained about the all-round skills going to one skill and then going back to all-round skills so early on i was getting client work by word of mouth so I was just at university and coming out of those university courses, I was telling everyone about my skills and then people would tell other people and people would be would know that I'm available to work on video editing projects, on DVD projects, that sort of thing. So that gave me the first taster of, you know, sort of networking in the industry, you know, making contacts and reaching out to people and, you know, keeping them, keeping them maintained in, in a sense. And then during that financial crash and applying for the jobs in London and moving jobs in London, at that point, I dealt with you know recruitment consultants, very much application-based. So that job I got in London the first time around, the, the real break I got, uh, was just an application I 
you know, saw on a website and, and applied for. And then since coming out of full-time operational shift work, I've now, well, I've got a bit of a mix actually these days. So I keep, you know, good contacts with consultancy firms, with recruitment consultants, but then I've also got my network who, you know, they occasionally get in contact with me saying, are you, are you free at the moment? You know, sort of looking out for me because I've kept maintaining that network basically. So now it's a bit of a mix really. So I've got the, those more formal routes, but I'm also maintaining those connections that already exist with me on a one-to-one basis. That network yeah. is it's really important, definitely. Yeah. Great. And what about certificates and any particular professional certificates that you that you keep your hand in with? Yeah, what, as opposed to like more like university ac- academic qualifications, more yeah. like yeah. from manufacturers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So coming out of university, you know, I did the undergraduate, I did the postgraduate. I don't know whether they actually mean much actually on my CV anymore, but I think some of the qualifications that I've had since has made some difference. The Cisco networking one made a difference in a couple of interviews. You know, they were asking me about it. And I think some of the other ones helped me transition from a full-time operational shift role to the sort of contractor and consultancy roles. So around that time, had a rash of qualifications all within six months. So, you know, I went on a sort of project management course. I did a business analysis short course. I did an ITIL service management qualification. And I sort of built these into my sort of armory of professional qualifications. I've not had too many like those since then because it it gave me enough to change direction in the industry, essentially. The only other ones I've had since is some AWS cloud computing qualifications, which I thought I really need to, I need to learn this stuff. It's part and parcel of the industry now. So I went ahead and um, did two qualifications in that. I I renewed one of them. In fact, one of them's just expired uh, last month in January, actually. So <laughs> that was, I need to look at that one again. So now it's as and when I see fit, I'll, I'll choose a professional qualification and dedicate some time to it. But I think they're always useful, but it's got to be relevant to you and, and what you want to achieve with it, essentially. Okay, moving on then, I've got a question for you. What, what gave you the drive to pay it forwards to newcomers in broadcast? Yeah, so... I guess recently, since the pandemic started, essentially, I mean, I had a lot of time on my hands, you know, instead of going out in the evenings and at the weekend, everyone was kind of locked in. So I just thought, well, you know, to help people who who would be in the situation I was years ago, Mm. that will make it even more difficult for them now. And is there something I can you know, do myself and, you know, spend a little bit of time creating that, you know, might give them the edge somewhere, might, you know, a little bit of advice might make the difference somehow. So that started filling up my spare time in the the pandemic, basically. And yeah, I started with a podcast. I started to sort of look at, you know, is there any sort of free giveaways I can give out, you know, some CV advice or anything like that. So mm. working on that as well. Also, you know, thinking about maybe volunteering or mentoring going to be valuable to someone. 
and then yeah possibly um you know thinking of a book as well giving the inside track on the industry and giving some reading material for for newcomers as well so yeah it's more yeah paying it forward so i'm at that stage uh, in my career where i think i can it's hard to pay it back but you can pay it forwards to mm. uh, newcomers so it, it's yeah it's it, it 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 means something to me to to do that and i hope someone benefits uh, from it some way essentially it's great and it's a good way to stay productive and like channel your energy and your focus and be getting into something much better than you know dissipating all your energy while while you have time on your hands isn't it yeah. yeah and you know just sort of learning some new skills as well so you know sort of setting up these interviews learning a little bit about the podcasting in general so that's you know the platforms the post-production side's been interesting actually so sort of tidying up the audio and making sure you know it's got the right eq on it and stuff so i've i've learned some things myself in terms of doing podcasting and it's also it's been great to actually bring in guests from all over the world from the far east the west coast of america from uk and europe and from a a sort of a, a broad section of the industry as well so i'm very much in the broadcast projects and technical sort of domains but it's been great to speak to people who are in the talent sort of area of broadcast or broadcast journalism academics even in broadcast courses so it's it's been valuable for me as well sort of talking to them about their area of broadcast whereas a lot of people you know maybe have a very narrow view of what they do in broadcast where i've managed to speak to people and and get their take on it as well which has been great so there's lots coming up it sounds like with the paying it forwards with the book and some giveaways and mentoring there's sounds like there's all sorts that's uh coming down the pipeline it's great yeah so about podcasting is is there uh going to be a, a season two is this going to continue this is like the end of season one now we're at isn't it yeah so i spent so long constantly sometimes twice twice a, a day getting guests on to to record them and it was pretty tough going to get through this batch of ep- episodes, but it's been pretty well received. And I've seen quite a few good comments coming in from different places. And already, yeah, people have been sort of messaging me privately to say, you know, is, is there any chance I could come on? Right. So, yeah, I've I've given a bit of a placeholder to people to say, yeah, just, just hold on there because I'm going to be thinking of, of a new series and a new, possibly slightly change the format up. But yeah, trying to line up some a new series, maybe from the summer onwards when this series runs out. Fantastic. Okay. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, Ank. So what's yours? Hindsight, well, I'm just looking back, you know, on my career and I'd probably say like looking back, I probably wouldn't spend as long as I did doing some of the things I did. So, you know, the sort of bedroom editing probably wouldn't have spent too long doing that and also some of the full-time roles I had I think I spent too long in one particular role I think after maybe at least you know 18 months two years two or three years then you could possibly exhaust the role that you're in so unless you you know become a manager of that area or 
something radically changes in that area, then it's very much, you know, you get in your comfort zone. You mm. don't really learn new things. So, yeah, the hindsight's looking back, I'd probably just think about how long I'd stay in one particular sort of type of work or, or role, essentially, yeah. Right. And so looking back, what's a measure of success? How have you kind of measured the success in your career for yourself? I mean, success for me is, you know, are you happy doing the work that you do, essentially? You know, when, when you go to your work in the daytime, are you happy doing that? And I think over the years, then, yeah, I've found out what makes me happy in my work. And now it's sort of paying dividends with, with the success. So it's sort of come from within. So by finding happiness in my work, that equals success and, and one drives the other, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's in a nutshell, that's, that's what Brilliant. success means for me, yeah. Yeah. So if, if you could talk to you know, your 18-year-old self now, you could look back and talk to yourself with the magic of time travel, what would you tell yourself? Well, I'd say, yeah, follow, follow your sort of your internal compass on things. If you sort of you know, notice certain flags or certain feelings, gut feelings, some you know, good vibes about something or something that really you know, sort of you know, sets your interests off, essentially just follow them because you tend to be mostly right with those sort of feelings and you've got to sort of put your trust in something and you know making those decisions on you know which like university course you go on or which part of the world you move to or you know what you want to follow in terms of your broadcast career then you know be bold make those choices and yeah, you can, you know, always change your mind later on. But yeah, and sort of make good connections with people. Even if you're not talking to people about work uh, and just sort of talking to them about general things, that's it's sort of the, the, the low-level networking sort of thing because people like the personal stuff, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's one thing is, you know, really develop those soft skills as well as your competency skills as well. Okay. And if people listening want to get in touch or they want to find out more about what you do and what you're up to, where where's the best place for them to head? I guess just the website. So the website is ancast.co.uk, A-N-C-A-S-T. And also, yeah, uh, maybe on LinkedIn is ancast on LinkedIn as well. Or if you want to connect to me personally as well, that's the best best place to find me. Yeah, it's, LinkedIn's a great place, so feel free to reach out to me there too. Fantastic. Well, that's been Ben Anker from Ancast, our special guest here today. Thanks very much uh, for joining us, Ben. No worries. You've been a great co-host, Tom. Thanks very much. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Broadcast Media, the inside track. Subscribe for more real-life insights into the industry. And for more information, head to ancast.co.uk.